Alrighty, good morning everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're continuing our run through the division recaps on the 2021 NFL Draft. Good morning, Wiz. And uh, you know what? Uh, AFC South time here. And, and I think we got to go right to the Houston Texans. Um, it's amazing how quickly this thing has just absolutely been blown apart. I, you know, they have the new new GM in town here, Nick Casario from, from the New England Patriots. So much noise made around Deshaun Watson this season, uh, in the offseason, with his legal woes. And the, before that, the potential trade because he didn't want to play for the Texans. And the Texans came into this draft with next to no picks, and, and they leave the draft with, I, I don't know, I guess their future quarterback. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of question marks. I, I don't know how many games the Houston Texans are going to win this year, but this is certainly a team that is in complete disarray. Uh, and they really couldn't fix it at this draft because they didn't have a lot of capital to work with. Yeah, well, what a shame. I mean, your roster is horrendous. You probably have the worst roster going into the draft. And then you have the least draft equity in the entire draft. I mean, that's a double slap to the face. Um, looking at their draft, what can you do? You have five picks. Your, your first pick is not coming until pick 67. There are teams that have better rosters by a mile than you, than you, than you have, and they're taking four picks before you're taking the, your first pick. The team is in, going to be in a rebuilding mode for quite a while. I like Davis Mills. I thought after the top five quarterbacks, he was probably the next best guy to take. So I, I don't mind that. I think that the Texans in some way, shape, or form uh, have basically said goodbye to Deshaun Watson, however that's going to work out, however it's going to play out. Um, I don't like Nico Collins uh, with their next pick in the third round. Brevin Jordan is one of those tight ends that I just talked about. He's a good receiving tight end. So in comparison to what where Pittsburgh uh, took their tight end, I thought it was good value at 147. The other picks, not much. Uh, an horrendous team with no draft capital, had a poor draft again. Um, not, not much to say about the Texans except uh, – the only one over on wins for them this year, maybe like three and a half or something like that. Maybe even less. <laughs> I just, you know, again, Bill O'Brien put this, set this team back, uh, you know, a lot of years, uh, you know, losing a lot. Of t- it's going to be a long year. And, you know, we'll see what happens at the quarterback position, as was alluded to. But uh, there's not a lot to be excited for coming into this season for, for the Houston Texans. And that's the complete opposite when you're talking about the Urban Meyer era, which is beginning in Jacksonville. And not only Urban Meyer, obviously they've added Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick in the draft. They bring along his teammate, Travis Etienne. Um, you know, this is a team that I, I know there was some notion that they would actually address the receiver position in this draft, which they didn't do till very late. They made a number of picks in the middle to continue building a defense, a defense which improved last year as the season wore on. It's a young defense. But, you know, Urban Meyer has a lot to work with here. Uh, you know, obviously, the number one pick in the draft is a big deal in Lawrence. Um, with their second-round pick, they drafted uh, Tyson Campbell. They took also the offensive lineman, uh, Walker Little from Stanford, and safety out of Syracuse, uh, Andre Sisco. So when you look at this draft, obviously, Urban Meyer, we've talked about him. I know you like Trevor Lawrence, the player. There's a lot to look forward to if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. So how do you look at this draft? Did the Jacksonville Jaguars succeed in a draft where they did have – 
the draft picks to kind of tackle this tackle this draft? I thought the draft was okay. I thought there was some good, and I thought there was some ugliness in terms of confusing picks. Um, I mean, I, I, I get the you know the idea of maybe bringing ETN. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, with the first pick, it, it was a no-brainer. I don't like the Travis ETN pick with their second pick of the first round, pick 25. And I don't necessarily like the Tyson Campbell pick going to Jacksonville at pick 33. So let's start with ETN first. Um, you, you know, you have James Robinson who broke the record for total yards by an undrafted rookie free agent, and then you bring in ETN. I don't necessarily like that pick. I like the player, but in terms of value, I'm going to give the same speech I gave about Najee Harris. It just doesn't make sense. You need to draft other positions and then take a running back later in the draft, which other teams did, like the Jets, where they're getting a Michael Carter with their with their fourth-round pick. Um yeah, you want to take quarterbacks, but you paid Shaquille Griffin a ton of money. You took C.J. Henderson last year with, with your first-round pick, and now you're taking Tyson Campbell with your 33rd overall pick. I don't necessarily like that as well. I thought that maybe they should have taken a, an elite offensive lineman. There were several of them on the board, uh, somebody on the defensive side of the board. Uh, they took Walker Little later in the second round. I think they could have reversed that and taking a cornerback later and taking a better offensive lineman in that second round. So I, I, I think they had a lot of picks and um, they took some good players, but some of them are not really needs. And uh, I think that overall it went from the Jags potentially with all of that draft equity and the fact that they had five of the first 65 picks, which is an amazing amount of picks to have in the first 65 picks. I thought um, Andre Sisco from Syracuse was a good pick, but I don't necessarily like what they did with picks two, three, and four. I like their picks but one and five a lot better than two, three, and four. So I thought there was a real opportunity, and I don't think the Jags capitalized on it. I'm definitely with you on that. I, I scratched my head at that one. You know, in addition to James Robinson, they did add um, they did add Carlos Hyde. So there is some more depth in this running back room. I think they could have waited uh, a little bit more and and done a little bit i uh, done a little bit better with a with another key position player, maybe a guy like Tevin Jenkins uh, at, at the offensive line position to protect uh, a player like Trevor Lawrence. I just think they could have done a little bit more as well. I. I'm just not a believer in taking these running backs, especially on a team where you have a good running back room to start. And as you mentioned, James Robinson did some very, very good things. So it'll be interesting to see how this impacts Robinson, who I think had a, a pretty clear path to still being, you know, one of those top players at the position coming into this upcoming season. And it just kind of confuses things a little bit. And, and I do question what they did as well. Yeah, I thought, you know, they, they, they could have done a lot more damage with some of those picks. They had some terrific picks, but uh, again, you know, you're, you're you paid Griffin a ton of money. You drafted Henderson uh, early. I know that wasn't Urban Meyer's draft, but still, I, I just think the other positions and protecting Trevor Lawrence um, should have been their first thought, and if not their first thought, definitely their second thought, but it just seems that it wasn't uh, either. They took a running back and cornerback after Trevor Lawrence, and uh, I think they made a big mistake there. 
All right, I'm going I'm to say this. I, I thought coming into the draft that the Indianapolis Colts had one of the better rosters in football. Um, definitely a team deserving of the playoff spot last year. Obviously, a lot has to come through with Carson Wentz developing as a player uh, or coming back to where he was a few years ago. But, you know, I, I felt that the Colts had a lot of needs here. I was very surprised by this draft. I, I didn't like this draft at all. Uh, I'll let you elaborate on it a little bit more. They went for the tight end position. They went for the defensive line. Two edge guys, which I get drafting one, but you know you have a vacancy at offensive line with Anthony Costanzo retiring, and I'm very, very surprised with what the Colts did. I don't like this draft at all. I question a lot of the decisions made here. So are you in unison with me, or do you disagree with me? No, I am with you. I don't like what the, what the Colts did here. Um, you know, look, they, they only had three picks in the top 127 picks, but I don't think they took advantage. Like you said, um, pay and, and then taking a Diangbo from Vanderbilt with their first two picks, both edge rushers, I don't think was the right thing to do there. Uh, I don't like their draft. Uh, Sam Ellinger, another quarterback. They just drafted a quarterback last year. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like what they did with this draft. Uh, they didn't have a lot of draft equity, at least early on in this draft. I mean, uh, most of their picks were, were at the end. You know, they only had two picks in the top 127, and uh, they took two players at the same position. And uh, there are flaws, flaws in both of their games, and I think Quiddy pays fine. He can learn if he's coached up. But then taking another player at the same position with your second-round pick, uh, I think didn't, you know, didn't, didn't make any sense to me. So uh, I would have... Um, I would have liked them to see them take an offensive lineman with that, certainly with that second pick. Yeah, and I'm really surprised with the quarterback choice because they drafted, like you said, they drafted a quarterback last year. They, to me, this makes, I mean, I know it's a sixth round pick, but it makes no sense at all to me. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like what the Colts did in this draft. Maybe they were just uh, so worn out after the Carson Wentz trade that they didn't pay much attention to the draft. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't particularly like what they did here. All right, we are in unison. So um, let's go to the Titans. And the Titans are an interesting one, and they're going to have some changes on this team. Uh, you know, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. They're going to have new players at, re- at the receiver position uh, after losing Corey Davis. This is a team that has been willing in the past to take some chances on players. Uh, they did it with Jeffrey Simmons a couple of years ago coming off an injury. And one player that dropped a lot from his where he was kind of coming into the draft. And then as, as time, well, sorry, around combine time, but... And then as things moved on, there was a lot of question marks around Caleb Farley. But once again, the Titans are going to take a chance here and take a player who's got some some injury concerns. Uh, last year's offensive line pick was a complete disaster in, in Wilson, the kid from Georgia. You know, they end up taking Dylan Raddins here from North Dakota State. Um, I'm going to ask you about the two receivers here because can any uh, given the fact that the receiver room is going to look a little bit different, you know, they reached for Des Fitzpatrick and, and Racy McMath, who, who was kind of running on the, I guess, like the number four receiver at LSU. So I'm curious if you think if any of these guys can make any noise in the receiver room, but definitely a, a draft where, you know, look, the Titans took some chances on players and, and hopefully the health worries that people have over Farley uh, don't match exactly what the player is about. Your take, Wiz, on the Tennessee Titans. 
Yeah, I think the Titans did a lot better this year's draft than last year's draft. That's for sure. Last year with their first-round pick, they took a, uh, an offensive lineman who played three snaps. Um, so let's start with Caleb Foley. <clears throat> if Caleb Foley didn't have back issues, he would have been taken right with Sertan and Horn, if not ahead of them. Um I don't know if the Titans thought Foley would be there. Maybe they were going to take Elijah Moore, the player that I thought they would take. But then when Foley dropped down, they felt they couldn't pass on him. So I thought that was a terrific pit. Dylan Redunds from North Dakota State, who protected Trey Lance, I thought is a very, very good pick. Uh, I thought... He he's a he's a just because he didn't play against great competition, maybe that's why he lasted the pick fifty three. Uh so I, I, I like that and I really like Elijah Molden from um from from Washington. I think he could be one of these slot cornerbacks who could you know, it seems like the, the slot receivers are becoming more and more prominent in the NFL. And I think he's one of these guys who could possibly, de- you know, defend that position and defend them pretty well. So I kind of like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I like what the Titans did here a lot. And uh, I thought they had a terrific draft. And uh, I thought tremendous value at Farley, who may prove to end up being the best cornerback of all the cornerbacks in this draft. Yeah, we like I said, we've seen this before. Jeffrey Simmons, who ends, you know, he came into the draft a few years ago with injury question marks and they took a chance on him he ended up coming back a little bit sooner than they anticipated and plays and plays at a pretty high level now so you know hopefully they get the same same out of Caleb Farley as you mentioned like I said he was ranked probably should have been in the top three at the position but 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 dropped a fair amount so uh so let's see what happens with the Titans but the Titans do you still think the Titans are kind of one two with with uh with the Indianapolis Colts in this division, uh, are they still the team to beat? You know, how do you look at the, you know, Fred Fred Smith moving on? Uh, sorry, Arthur Smith moving on to the Falcons. How much of a how much of a blow do you think that is to the Titans, or or the or just the Vrabel system seems to be working working very well? Then that Tennessee still is is a very very solid team in this division. Yeah, I think as you mentioned, the Colts had a better roster coming into this draft, but we both do not like the Colts draft, and I think we both like the Titans draft, kind of evens them out, and I think it'll be similar to what we've seen. The Colts and Titans kind of like battling it out, and uh, it really could go... it could go either way. I mean, the Colts have got to keep their wide receivers on the field, and uh, a lot of it boils down to the unpredictable play of Carson Wentz. I mean, you can see the MVP-type Carson Wentz or Carson Wentz who tries to play hero ball and makes terrible decisions. That can make the difference. But clearly, at this stage, the Titans and the Colts um, – are the top of of that division a little bit of, of a gap back to the Jags? We'll, we'll be an ascending team, and uh, there's not much to say about the Texans that has not already been said by us. Yeah, that's going to be a long year in Houston. All right, was uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. That's a wrap up on the AFC South uh, division after the NFC NFL draft. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We're going to be back to you with the final division in the AFC, the AFC West. Wiz, thank you very much. You're the same. Thank you.